Hey, you guys, before the episode starts, I want to talk to you about my friends over at audible.com. Allison Rosen is your new best friend, is supported by audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment, information, and educational programming. You can download content from Audible and play back on your smartphone, portable device, or your PC whenever and wherever you like. And my listeners, that's you guys, might enjoy a little title like uh, Has Anyone Seen My Pants by Sarah Colonna, who is the guest on this episode that you're about to hear. That's right. I think you will love that book. Uh, Audible is offering Allison Rosen's your new best friend listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. And choose from over 180,000 titles. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash BFF. That's audiblepodcast.com slash BFF to get started today. Okay, here's the episode with Sarah Colonna. Here we go. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the way we put some pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I am sitting here with return guest, Sarah Colonna, comedian, writer, author of Has Anyone Seen My Pants, which is kind of a follow-up to her other book, which is a New York Times bestseller, Life As I Blow It. Yes. Is th- This one is a New York Times bestseller too, right? Yes. Two-time New York Times bestseller. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It's pretty exciting. Dumb titles, apparently, uh, are the winners (laughs) (laughs) for me, anyway. I love this title, though. And as I said when you were last on my show, when I hear, has anyone seen my pants, I think, fuck, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) I know. I like the idea of, I just like life as I blow it. Like I like the idea of a title that has like so many clear, or to me clear, uh, meanings that has a, a million different things. Has anyone seen my pants? It's like, there's the basic, you know, your pants are gone. Uh, <laughs> it looks like probably a relationship book to people, which it somewhat is. But then there's also, you know, I think the story that uh, inspired the title actually had nothing to do with sex and everything to do with me looking for food and forgetting to put pants on. So there's a lot of <laughs> different meanings for it. I was thinking about the title when I was uh, walking my dog earlier and I put out a call for questions on Twitter for people who wanted to ask questions. And someone asked a question about, like, have you found your panties? Which I assume was like a clever take on the title. But I was thinking, if the title had been, has anyone seen my panties? <laughs> it has a completely different vibe. Yeah, that is a different vibe. That's definitely, it sounds, the word panties, I don't know, it all gross, sounds very, first yeah, of it's all. gross. It would be, that seems like a terrible title That's for like sure. That's like a porn porn stars memoir. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But for for sure, adding two letters to pants, (laughs) I didn't even realize how bad it could ruin everything. I know. (laughs) I know. They're very similar words. So your life has changed a bit since we last talked because there's a humongous ring on your finger. Yeah. I got engaged. I know. I was thinking I wasn't dating him when I... I think you had just started because it was in June of 2014. Oh, then we had just started dating. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking I hadn't even, yeah, but we had just, we were just like talking and I mean, we had started dating by then. We started dating in February of 2014. So yeah. Okay. Then we had met. See? And your boyfriend is John Ryan, Ryan. right? Yeah. Of the Seahawks. The Seahawks. He's the punter. Do you guys live together? We sort like half and half. Um, so he came here for the off season 
this year and then he's back to work but then he comes we were we managed to see each other quite a bit so and we're looking for a house which is very exciting that is exciting i don't know i feel like a real grown-up <laughs> it's so weird and um but he lives in my condo like half the season and then i'm gonna spend as much time in seattle as i can during the season so it's a little unconventional but mm-hmm. um it's kind of nice it works I think he's just used to traveling as much as I am. So that's kind of what I had to find, I think, someone that was cool with that. So let's, if you're cool with it, just jump into some questions I have from reading the book. And as you'll see, it's dog-eared. I'm I'm almost at the end. Oh, nice. Um, But I have not gotten all the way there yet. So no spoilers. Okay. I'm just kidding. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I think I just spoiled the biggest part of it. (laughs) No, I actually (laughs) had some people say like when they were reading it, because I do write about meeting him in there. And they were like, I had to Google to see if you were still together because we were they, people were just like, oh, I don't want to read this and then find out they broke up at the end or whatever. So right. I think it's already spoiled for everyone. Yeah. But it's a happy ending, so it's always nice to read. Well, the funny thing is that – so I I think everyone knows I don't really follow sports. And I also don't quite understand sports very much. So there's a story in the book where you hook up with a baseball player. Yeah. And it he's not particularly charming. No. Um, But <laughs> I assumed that – I was like, oh, that's her fiancé. And I was like, I can't wait. I, like, well, how, how is it going to work where he's going to come back into the story? And then I realized, oh, no. These are different sports. This is not the guy. I know, which is really weird because when I wrote that story – I mean, when I met that guy, the baseball player, this is a coincidence. There was no part of me that was ever like hunting down an athlete especially to marry (laughs) it seems like the worst idea right um i definitely found like a diamond in the rough and uh, that's a stereotype i shouldn't say that there are plenty of great guys obviously in sports but in the nfl you're like i don't know that they're going to be so faithful Mm -hmm. i mean that's not what you think right Maybe they don't like women so much right yeah there seems to be (laughs) a trend so i wasn't definitely ever looking for like an athlete but i guess in the way of of with this baseball player it was just sort of the world i was in and I just happened to meet this guy. Right. And then, but it was so terrible. So here's my question about the whole story with the baseball player. Uh, but first, let, let's just set the scene a little bit for our listeners. You're from Arkansas. Yes. You went to a high school with a graduating class of 77 yeah. or something insane like Very that. Small. But you were born in Germany because your dad was in the Air Force, yes. right? Um, you had a crazy perm and you have naturally curly hair, but you got a perm. Yeah. And you referred to your haircut as the ma'am yes, from Webster. From Webster. It was a bad look for a while. And you were the uh, captain of your drill team. That's right. And we had a long conversation about drill team we last did. time I was on here. And there was, we were, was like two people, we weren't clear. Some people weren't clear what it was. Right. Right, because it's oh. it's not cheer, but it's sort of cheer adjacent. Right, it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. And I wanted to know. Well, that must mean you were a super popular mean girl. And you explained in a high school with a graduating class of seventy seven, there really isn't bullying or or cliques or that kind of stuff. Really. No, there, there was no room for you because someone had to, has to be. Captain. Yeah, you had to be <laughs> along with everyone. Yeah, it wasn't like that much of a compliment to be the captain. Like they had to pick one right. of 40 people. But there were I mean, there were I guess there were probably hierarchies that I wasn't quite aware of. But it wasn't it definitely wasn't like what like I hear, hear about. about yeah. yeah. And you bartended and did you you waited tables too, right? Yeah, I waited tables. And you had a crazy job where you had to call hotels to make sure that their customer service was up to speed. Yes, that was the worst job. And you were happy when you could cancel that one because you booked a commercial. Yes. What commercial was it? It was um, for Sprint, Sprint mm. Canada, actually. Oh, wow. So it, did it air here or no? And I think, no, only in Canada. And it was with Candace Bergen. 
Nice. Yeah. What was your relationship with Candace in the commercial? She was nice. I was on a plane and I was uh, all excited, like talking to her on a plane. I was like the annoying passenger <laughs> about how I was like meeting my, I always got to uh, have like texting in Canada with my fiance or something, oh. which now looking back is kind of funny. Right. Because my fiance is actually Canadian, but he lives in the States. So maybe it doesn't count. And I haven't seen Candace Bergen since then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it was uh, fiction yeah. in a way, but, yes. but based on real events that happened later. Um, okay. I feel like that now they know who you are. Yeah. You're they're caught comedian. up. But you were, you were interested in terms of how you got into the business. At first it was acting that appealed to you more than comedy. And then you kind of went that direction. Yeah. A little bit of both. I mean, I definitely moved out here for acting. I definitely studied acting in college, but there, I always wanted to do stand up, but there just wasn't a place to do it where, where I went to college and in Arkansas and Fayetteville, there was just like, there was no comedy club. It just wasn't a scene at all. Right. So I just sort of sort of had to like, when I got here, I got to start figuring that out. And you met Chelsea in an improv class, and you were on the show Scare Tactics. I was on the show Scare Tactics. Oh, the lovely in the camera show. <laughs> that show was so much fun, though, actually, even though it was terribly mean. <laughs> okay. So we will wrap around, though, and find out all the stuff you've been doing lately in addition to the book. Um, but let's just get into some of the book stories. Okay. So when you met the baseball player, you handed your friend your phone and let them text with him was yes. it texting or it was texting DMing? okay yeah and let them text for you and as i was reading it i was biting my fingers being like don't do that how did you do that you oh, must really trust them because they took it to a sexting level so fast they did pretty quickly and i really thought they ruined it but <laughs> they obviously knew that that's what they were right that's what he was looking for and i but is that I, what, and is that what you were looking for i think i mean in retrospect i was it was definitely a period where i was like it was exciting i knew who he was he was hot. Mm -hmm. I wasn't dating anyone, so it wasn't going to harm anyone if I just like hooked up with him. I don't know if somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, maybe we could fall in love. And I get like, <laughs> but I don't think, you know, I think that I just thought it was like more fun and right. like kind of cool, but I didn't. But of course, his behavior afterwards, like after we hooked up, was more like a blowing me, like which which I should have expected was a little bit of a blow off. So what happened was you were, you flew up to San Francisco because you he had a game there yeah. and it was close and you flew up. Um, on a Friday and assumed you were going to go to his game on Saturday and then go out and be romanced and hook up. But yeah. he got in touch and wanted to hang out on Friday. Yes. Which you did. Yes. And then on Saturday, you went to the game mm -hmm. and then he you didn't asleep. hear from him. Yeah. And then at 10 p.m. that night, he texted you and told you he had fallen asleep and then yes. you blew him off, which I was like very impressed by because I think that in my single days, I would have been like, oh, it's okay. Oh, like, oh, as soon as he woke up and texted me like, oh, good. And then I would have desperately gone over there. Yeah, I'm almost surprised I didn't. But I think I was just so annoyed because I listen, I had set myself up for enough. Like I, I, I had my friends in that, you know, and I tell it all in the story, but my friends had been like, you know, you need to show him that you're, you can go do your own thing. He probably has all these 21 year olds right. who he has to fly places or do this and well, that. That's, so I have another question about all of that, which is your friends, <clears throat> excuse me, were saying that you need to show him that you can you know, take care of yourself and fly up on your own and get a big hotel room and all this. And then your manicure, no, no, your massage therapist, body wrap person. No, body wrap. I was getting myself a body wrap <laughs> like, like three days a week for like two weeks before I saw him because I had convinced myself that like in or that I had to look really right. I don't know. I literally put thousands of dollars into this one night of a hookup. It's this. It's in retrospect, it's sad, but it's also very funny. And I mean, she was like, "You <laughs> I, have, I can laugh about it. You have to let him feel like a man." And that was kind of my reaction reading it. Was I don't know if the advice your 
well, I mean, who cares anyway? Because right. you're not with him. But like, I don't know if your friends were giving you the right advice because I'm someone who grew up in a time of like, if you like someone, just let them know. Girls can ask guys out, which always never really worked well for me yeah. until I finally just accepted that I think it works best if you let them pursue you. Yeah, and I really resisted that, but I sort of do think that's true now. I think there's so it's like such a middle ground because I think in that particular instance, especially since I'd been single for a while, I was feeling like um, I was actually in the mindset. In retrospect, now I'm like, oh, I was in the mindset of like I have to do everything on my own. Like, nope, there. Yeah, this is how you do stuff, and and it's hard to meet people. And so for me, I was like, oh, I guess now the way I meet people is this weird, you know, flirtation through a baseball player, and now like. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I just like, I was like, okay, that works. That's fine. And that seems fun. But I was so used to taking charge that when my friends were like, you have to show him that you can do your own thing, that I took that to such a high level, like <laughs> take, flying myself there, getting this like ridiculous suite at the Four Seasons that we didn't even, like he had his, of course he can't stay there. He has to stay where the team stays. Like it was a whole thing. So I made probably, I actually, <laughs> I can't even blame him. I'm sure he was like, oh, well, she's, whatever. She doesn't need me to do anything. She's uh -huh. completely got this, you know, like I didn't, you know, he, uh, he was like, Oh, I think I had, I'd almost even just like gotten myself tickets to the game. My friends were like, I think you can leave you tickets for the, <laughs> for the game. So I think that I had sort of overdone it. And there obviously does have to, I mean, for someone like this, obviously it was just a hookup, no matter what, it wasn't going to be a, a relationship, but I do think there's something to letting someone, do a little bit and pursue a, 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 at least somewhat so right. that they can feel a little manly. I mean, my fiance definitely pursued me. Um, he doesn't have a problem with, you know, me being like taking the lead in a romantic way at all. But I mean, I don't need to really with him. So I guess, I guess that is the point. I guess you're supposed to let them take the lead. Quite. Well, that's always something I wonder with, with relationships and love. Is it that you get to a point where you let them take the lead and then it works out? Or is it when you meet the right person, it just works out no matter what? That's true. I and mean, I all think that so. other stuff was just those, it just wasn't meant to be with all those people that overthinking, yeah. you know, I think that it, I definitely think it's not supposed to be that hard. Like yes. it shouldn't be, you should never be wondering why someone never wrote you back and then it turns out they fell asleep like if they like you they'll stay awake you know for especially at four o'clock in the afternoon right. so there's definitely i think um an ease that i've found in this relationship yeah there isn't that, all the wondering no there's no wondering at all and i've got i mean i went through relationships where there were a couple times i'm definitely not like the snooper but there was a couple times that there was something legitimately I could tell going on. And with like with my ex-boyfriend that I lived with, I I finally, like one day I just looked at his phone and I was like, I don't know if he was cheating on me, but there was some completely inappropriate contact for sure. So, you know, people are like, oh, if you go snooping, you'll find something. That's just what guilty people say. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. you'll find something if you think there's, like if your gut's telling you something's up. But with my fiance, like I don't have to ever He's having to give me his passcode for like we're driving and he needs me to look at an address or something. He's always having to re-give it to me because I don't remember it mm -hmm. because I don't need to. I've never even – it's never even – even if it goes off in the middle of the night, I never go like, who's that? I just I just know. It doesn't – I don't worry about it. Right. So, so how, that's a nice thing. How did you guys meet? Well, we actually <laughs> – we kind of met through Twitter. Um, well – it was through a friend, it was Ross Matthews, who we actually we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. He's a comedian um, and he was on Chelsea for people who don't know. And then he he's a big Seahawks fan. And so he was at the NFC Championship game last year. So January of 2014. 
And John went up to him and said, I'm really interested in meeting Sarah Colonna. Can you introduce me to her? And then Ross was very excited as a big Seahawks fan. He was like, tweet us, tweet her, tweet me, and I'll tell her to tweet you back. And then he texted me and was like, this guy from the Seahawks wants to go out with you. You better go out with him. I want season tickets. So, um, But I didn't think much of it, especially having this past experience with someone flirting with me from, you know, the baseball player. Right. I was like, oh, this is just another dumb flirt, but whatever. It's, you know, I want, I, again, single, like I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens, but I wasn't, I definitely wasn't flying myself anywhere. Right. I was like, lesson learned. I'm not getting myself a suite and I'm not getting a plane ticket. Um, but again, he was actually interested in a real relationship. So that didn't even come up. He just wanted to talk to me. So there was, you know, he was flirty. And then I realized like, oh, he's actually really flirtatious. And then he went to the Super Bowl that year. And that was literally the week we started talking. So after the Super Bowl and they won, he was texting me all night and I, I, I think it was one of my girlfriends that was like, this guy's interested in you. Like if there's ever an opportunity to walk around New York with your dick out, it's right now, right? Like he <laughs> just won the Super Bowl and he's just talking to you and you guys haven't even met face to face. And I was like, oh, this, this isn't just a flirt. He really wants to probably pursue something, but we'll see. And then he came to California to take his nieces and nephews to um, Disneyland in February after that. And then he came up to LA and took me on our first date. And I just, I opened the door and I was like, oh, I'm going to marry this guy. Like you knew. Yeah. That, wow. What was it? I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I thought that that was just bullshit when people say that. But now, I mean, especially, I mean, I was 39. I turned 40 in December and so I definitely am not someone who's like, oh, just apt to get like swept off their feet and <laughs> right. think like, oh, I'm going to get engaged to this person. But with him, I just, there was just such a comfort that I just knew immediately. I was, I, it's, and it's been like that ever since, which is kind of a cool feeling. Do you guys fight at all? No, I think we've, um, I think the only thing that's really happened is like, if I get a little bitchy, just, and it has nothing to do with him or vice versa, mm -hmm. you know, stressed about something work-wise for either of us. Um, and then the other person will be like, oh, that's, you seem, you don't seem fun to be around right now. And then that's it. And so we haven't really had a blowout yet. I'm sure, you know, it's not, of course we'll have something at some point people fight, but. I love that you opened the door and you just knew right away. Did he know right away too? He says so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like he knew before I even did because right. he sort of really sought you out. Yeah. I mean, he pursued it in such a way that, um, you know, I tease him and I say, like, Mike, it could end. You stalked me a little bit. I'm like, it could have ended up with my head cut off like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's weird because we were talking about that earlier because he used to play for Green Bay. And I said, oh, gosh, you know, he got cut eight years ago. And now he's been with the Seahawks for eight years. But he was like, oh, if I, if I, he said something about Green Bay, I forget. But I said, oh, if you still played for them, I guess we never would have met. And he goes, oh, I think we still would have somehow. So I think you know, we both feel like it's just whatever. I don't know. I don't want to say soulmate, but something, just right. the right person. Yeah. How do you feel about having turned 40? Cause I just turned 40 a few weeks ago and it is fucking with my head. Is it? Yeah. I just hearing myself say it, it just sounds old, but it, you don't seem old. No. And neither do you. <laughs> I you. think that it's funny because especially being from Arkansas, when I go on Facebook and look at people that are that I went to high school with that are my exact same age. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone, but a lot of people they look older, or maybe I look older and don't realize it. But I think I think like, oh, these people look ten years older than I do, or 
there's just and I think it's a lifestyle. I think like we right. Kind it's of, like it's a they've settled into middle age. Yeah, like we live somewhere where it's like you're constantly. I don't know. It's just you're leaving. I think it's just a you're healthier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're leading a healthier lifestyle too. And you take. I don't know if I lived in Arkansas. I don't know that I ever would have known about a body wrap, you know, or anything. <laughs> um, I did stop getting those though. They don't work. But what is it? it's like? Do you basically just sweat a bunch? Yeah, it was basically you just sweat water weight out, mm-hmm. so you feel super dehydrated and skinny. <laughs> when you get somewhere, but you know, you it take lasts. A sip of water and uh, yeah, you up. just exactly, you just blow right back up. <laughs> um, but I don't, I thought I was going to freak out because I, and I think we talked about this, I freaked out about turning 30. Um, but I thought I was going to freak out about 40 and I just, I didn't. And I don't know if it's going to hit me later. I mean, I'm six months into it almost now. Um, but do you think it's because you're engaged that it's not hitting you as much? I mean, that he, makes, that's like such a, a, sad romantic comedy question. I don't mean to suggest no, that but turning know, 40 without a man in your life is bad or anything. But I know what you mean. I mean, there's an e- there's a little bit more of like, uh, to me, it's because, like, oh, that part of my life sort of figured out. Yeah. And because you never know, especially in this business, like you never know where your career is going to be. But for a while, I thought, well, my career is going pretty well. I mean, obviously, we always could want more or do want more. But I was like, I if, if nothing else, I'm making a living at what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So and I'll be fine. Um but then I did think, and that's a lot of what the book is about, is like, oh, my personal life started to suffer because I just focused so much on my professional life. So, you know, I do realize that now it is nice to have someone to share it with. It does. It's not that you're miserable if you don't or that if you don't or if you turn 40 and you don't have that, that you're fucked or whatever. Like you can find, you'll be okay. But it definitely is nice to have someone to share that stuff with. And I think that's part of it. I mean, he definitely proposed to me. He proposed to me the night before my 40th birthday. Which I kind of I, – I said, did you do this so that I got engaged in my 30s still? You know? <laughs> but, um, you know, the timing was that that was when I got to Seattle. And my birthday's right before Christmas – or right after Christmas. So he wanted to propose to me right after Christmas, but he didn't want to propose to me on my birthday. So that was kind of his only shot. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's because – we got engaged that I'm I, I, It didn't mess with me for months before, like turning 30 messed with me for months before I turned 30, probably six months before I kept freaking out about mm-hmm. where I was in my life. And so I don't know, for some reason, I just feel like maybe I'm going to know so many women that are 40 that are awesome. And that I think I don't see them as 40. I think if we look at it as we used, you know, we used to look at it like as an older age, right. but it's not, it doesn't seem, it sounds old when I say it. I mean, <laughs> Now that I'm talking about it a lot, maybe it does depress me. <laughs> Do you? Maybe you talk me into depressing myself. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> this has gone the wrong direction. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Um, do you ever wonder if you should be open about your age in this town, which is such a odious sort of thought? And for me, it's way too late because I've just been open about my age. Yeah. But I know... I mean, like, look at Rebel Wilson, who has been claiming she's 29, and I guess it just came out she was 35. I don't know. I think I saw it in Bullseye and Entertainment Weekly. No, not not How did she get away with saying, though, that she was 20? I mean, because it's so easy to find out. I know. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that someone who I think went to high school with her is like, I have yearbook pictures of her from whatever year would make her 35. Um, And I had a friend in New York, actually, who... Uh, she was a f- this guy I knew. It was his older sister, but for the sake of her acting career, they claimed it, that she was his younger sister. And she's like, "I'll tell you my real age," but you know, publicly, I'm like ten years younger. She was claiming, and she could pull it off. 
I can't imagine it matters that much. And yet I even uh, um a guy screenwriter I know claims to be younger than he is because he's like, this town is just so age obsessed. It is so weird. That? I mean, I definitely, I'm like you, it's too late. I've been saying how old I am forever. I mean, I, when I was 25, I looked 35. And so I had to fight to get people to believe what age I was mm-hmm. for so long that I think, I mean, as the older I got, the more I looked my age. <laughs> so I think I'm like proud of it. I don't know. I mean, to me, I think I look 40. I don't think I look 50. I think I look 40. I don't know. I, I think you wrong, look younger but than like, 40. When I was 20, I mean, literally, I was like, people would think I was in my 30s when I was 25. So I've always looked older than I am. So I guess I was just used to being like, you know, fighting for people to believe me about my age period. So now I'm like, no, you know, I don't know. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm happy. I don't, I don't mind. It doesn't sound, it feels like it's so easy to figure out that what's the point, you know, like you could easily just get, find someone's, you know, yearbooks, like you're saying or whatever. And then how embarrassing to have lied about it. I have a really good friend. It's a guy. He's like, he's at least 47. And I, I saw on like, I don't know, Google or something the other day that it said 40 next to (laughs) us. And I was like, what? There's no possible way. And so it's funny that even men have to, I guess, feel like they have to worry about it. Right. I mean, I'm not going to get a job on the CW to be in high school anyway, <laughs> right? So like, what's who cares, I guess. But I maybe I should worry about it more. And I know that there are people that, like you said, with their screenwriter friend, like, oh, people care about the age and this and that. But do they or is it more about the, you know, if you turn in the product, yeah. do they know? Do they care? Or do they just want a good... You know, I don't know. It's hard I, to say. I mean, I know that people are obsessed with age, right? You know, I mean, and I know I get like more facials than I would have if I didn't wasn't <laughs> in this business and like worry about my skin more than you know whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I use a lot more sunscreen than I ever would have before. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't care. But I haven't. I'm, I'm like way too. It's way too late for me to start. Right. I think it's better to not care. But I also have that same thing of like, did I shoot myself in the foot? But I say it on what? stage sometimes, I so. and I actually, I kind of notice like a head's cock. Like when I'm like, oh, I just turned forty. And I think, which is actually, I'm like, oh, that's nice. People seem to, unless they're like, oh, I thought she was 50. I'm but sure it's not that. <laughs> it's kind of nice that people, but I think, um, I don't know if it's a little bit of, of people being surprised that a woman that would set, stand would on stage and just yeah. say her age. So that is an interesting thing. But. Yeah. How? So how did he propose? Um, okay. He made a scrapbook for me Oh, that it was the sweetest thing. He made this entire book and he said he started in August and this was December uh, and he had printed out texts that we had written to each other. He'd written, he'd printed out the DMs from when we first started talking because <laughs> it was on Twitter. And he like wrote little notes and walked me, walked me through like our entire relationship month to month. He's like, and then I met these friends years, and then, and then when I got to the end of it, it said to be continued forever. And then he proposed. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I know. Oh Can you? God. I mean, and this isn't an NFL player. Like he's so. It's amazing. I definitely found. The just antithesis of what everyone would expect, you right. know, from somebody like him. He's really, really sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. Were you surprised? I was. Yeah, I. Ca- he kind of. We had talked about marriage, and we had talked about it pretty. I don't know, probably eight months into it or something. Um, because like I said, we just kind of knew, so we talked about it. But he definitely had me thinking it would be in the off season this year which would be like, you know, late February and March. And I thought, I didn't even think he was trying to throw me off. I thought oh, that's probably when it'll be because we'll go on like a vacation or we'll go away because we won't have been able to spend that much time together. 
Um, so I thought it'll be something like, you know, we'll go on a, a vacation and he'll surprise me somewhere there. So I definitely wasn't expecting it to be. Um, I flew home. I was home for Christmas in Arkansas and then I flew to Seattle on the 28th cause I wanted to be with him on my birthday and he had a game, I think the next day or something. Um, and then, uh, he, I guess when I was on the way on the plane, he called my parents to ask them for their blessing because he Aww. didn't want, he was like, I wanted to do it while you're on the plane and nobody could ruin it. And he was just so afraid my mom would be like, John, just, you know, like ruin it somehow. <laughs> so um, he called them and, and took care of everything like, well, and right before I landed, apparently. So we were surprised. My parents, I mean, everyone was really surprised for sure. Right. Yeah. Why would anyone love you? I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was joking. I feel like that came off like no, a, like a cunty thing to say. No, I it was it funny. I know okay. you meant it as a joke. No. Um, but speaking of people who say things that that land in a weird way, your friend Renee from the book. Yes. Who I'm, I'm imagining Renee is probably not her real name. No, it's not. I I've uh yeah. I've always wondered if she's read or even knows I have right. a book out. She's not in the entertainment business at all. Um, so it doesn't mean that she doesn't know any like. You know, I'm sure she pokes around to see what I'm up to. So I'm curious. Yeah, I feel like if she'd read it, I would know, though. I feel like tell I the listeners the story of Renee because I thought this was from a female friendship point of view really interesting. And I had a, a similar friend that I had to to unfriend back you in did. college. Yeah, it's hard because, and that was you know kind of the like it came up in the book because I felt like it wasn't just like I said about re- regular relationships. I mean, like romance relationships. It felt like everything in your thirties, you start to have to look at and question. And so she's someone I was friends with for, I probably met her when I was 22 or 23. Um, and I had one of my first close friends in Los Angeles, you know, and that's really valuable. You don't, I didn't know anyone out here and, um, we were really close, but she was always this, uh, she's very boisterous and loud and obnoxious and kind of mean. Um, but at the time when you're 23, 24, hanging out with her at a bar and you're from Arkansas, like she's this cool girl who she had a rough upbringing. She's from New York and she uh, was out on her own at a young age. And um, I think like her, she was always sort of in defense mode, you know, and I sympathize with that. But at the same time, you have to grow out of things at some point, you know, and she's very successful, like does well at what she does. Um, and so I just admi- I was just like, oh, she just says what's on her mind and sometimes people don't get it, right? <laughs> but it always made me uncomfortable. Um, and I sometimes would go, like, I would say, like, hey, I don't think calling, you know, she would call people gay or, you know, but use like the slanderous word for that oh, at wow. bars and just like if they couldn't handle it, she didn't understand why they didn't think it was funny. And there would be some people, honestly, that would be like, oh, they would be, they'd be into it. They'd be all in. They'd be like, this girl just says whatever. She doesn't care. We love it. And there would be some people would be like, what, why are you speaking to me in this way? You know? And she would do this constantly at bars. Like she would poke people and she would be like the loud girl at the bar. Um, and she always wanted this attention, I guess. But I did. There was a while where I thought it was like, that's, she's just, that's just who she is. I shouldn't judge her for it. You should never judge someone. But uh, 10 years later when she's still behaving that way and um, I realized, you know, I started to say things to her. I'd be like, you know, I don't, you know, or even, and I'm not famous, but people would sometimes recognize me and she'd be saying terrible and it would, I don't know, make me even more uncomfortable because then, right. then it was You've like a label on yeah. my name. Like it wasn't just like, oh, her blonde friend. It was like, 
oh, the girl with Sarah, who we know, who seems like a nice person, is actually hanging out with someone awful who's saying terrible things. Like, <laughs> it became like a whole sort of, um, and I'm not saying that was why it wasn't anything about me being recognized, but it was just like it added levels. Like, there were, and, and, and then she would, you know. Well, it wasn't just your own private weirdness at that point. It was this like public spectacle. Yeah. yeah. And she just really, um, you know, and so I would say things to her and I would, I would tell her, like, you know, I feel like, you can be a little brash to people and they just sometimes people just aren't expecting it. And I, for one, when I go out, um, you know, I don't, I don't go out so that I can be t- in conversations with strangers, like especially ones that are being, you know, kind of verbally abusive. <laughs> like I'm definitely like, I tend to like to be left alone at a bar as it is, or what at a restaurant or whatever it is and with friends. Like, so she was just the opposite of that. So I really had a hard time with that stuff. But then she also became, um, she, I mean, she's definitely an alcoholic and she definitely had a really big problem with, she would just snap when she was drinking and she would pick fights. And I, the, the further I got into my thirties, I was like, I don't fight with my friends. I mean, you may get annoyed with each other on a road trip or something, but to have full blown arguments with your friends over where you're going to have dinner or what your plan was that week. It, it became exhausting and she was always sort of that person. Like she was that girl at the party, but she was 38, like, you know, like the highest of high maintenance. Yeah. And so there, there just became a point where she and I got into, I called her, um, at, I don't know. I think I called her at like eight in the morning when I knew that she would be getting ready for work and I was driving to work and she was, it was she had a, reached out to you wanting to catch up. Right? Yeah. She had basically, I had kind of taken, stepped back a little bit and thought, okay, well, if if she's making me this, you know, if it's just not, maybe we just need some time apart or whatever. I just won't go out when I was when I, I was gone a lot for my first book tour, and then when I would get home, I didn't want to go spend a Tuesday night with her and have her pick a fight at a bar mm-hmm. and like spend my one night home that way. So I just sort of distanced myself from her, and then she wanted to catch up. So then I I remember I was seeing this guy and or not seeing this guy, I was talking to this guy who had turned out to be married. Um, I never met him for a date. We never hooked up or anything, but we were supposed to meet um, for a date. And then I found out that he had been lying and was married and I didn't go. So I call my friend, I think, right, who's telling me that she wants to catch up. I decided to talk about this because I was like, wow, how far off could my judgment be? And like, I didn't pick up the signs that this person was married. And just so everyone knows, I didn't, there was no cheating. I didn't ever even meet him. He was just like doing, apparently texting. Yeah, Yeah, flirting for a while. And um, so... Anyway, I call and I start to tell her about it and she starts laughing. And this is like and then I just realized she was drunk and she was <laughs> at eight in the morning. Yeah. And it and I just realized like anything with her was even if you told her a serious story, she would start treating it like you're you're a dumb drunk story you told her when you were twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's just you. And I was like, Wait, that's just me to have my feelings like crushed by a guy who just didn't reveal himself in the proper manner and I had no way of knowing until I Googled something and figured it out. Like it was just, she always though was doing that. And um, I just found this, I don't know if she doesn't like me or if she's just mean, I can't tell. And so we ended up having like one last blow up over seriously over where to have dinner. And she just, <laughs> that was the most frustrating, crazy story. It was so, the- and it's word for word how it happened. Like I went over through that story so many times. And for, I mean, obviously I know that everyone that people are listening, don't know what we mean, but we had had a dinner plan and it was her idea again. And um, I said, let's invite another friend of ours. Let's all go out to dinner. She's like, great. And then when I called her to tell her where it was, she she flipped out and said, I just wanted to come to your house. I don't want to get dressed. I look like shit. I just want to hang out and sit with you and watch TV. And I was like, that's not the conversation we had yesterday. You know? Um, right. You're like, 
essentially like we had i made these reservations because you wanted to go out to dinner yeah and she she just it was like always out yeah Yeah, so there was just like you never knew who you were talking to almost and um so i just i just you know, as, as silly as it probably sounds, but there's so much to it to not talk to her after that. But I just, I was like, I can't deal with this person anymore. This is just an unhealthy relationship. She's always picking fights. I'm a grown woman. Like this isn't working. There's no, I don't seem to be getting anything out of this friendship anymore that's positive. Mm-hmm. So I just, I basically just quit talking to her. And we still had like our friend that we had didn't plans with that night. They're still friends. And I ask about her and I want to know how she is. And she sent me a few texts of like last year trying to sort of check in. And, and then I just, I just said, I just don't think, you know, you told yeah. her that. Yeah. I said, I don't know that it's worth us having a conversation. I think that we just sort of grew apart from each other. And I think I describe her in the book as, um, that like the jock high school boyfriend that never grew out of being the jock. And right. you look back and you're like, Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at some point you have to grow up a little. So it was really hard. And sometimes I miss her, but then I think about like conflict after conflict, after conflict, after conflict that we had every single time I saw her. And, um, and then I don't miss it. But she and she was okay with just letting you letting you go. She didn't push to understand why more. She pushed a little at first, and she we were supposed to both be at this um, same party, and um, that's when she reached out to me because she was like, "I don't want this to be weird." So we had a quick conversation, and I said, "It's going to be fine. I'll see you at the party." Of course, I'm going to. I'm not going to. What am I going to do to someone at a party? Like throw a drink in her yeah, face? Yeah, <laughs> like I don't. We had. I had never been the volatile one anyway. So I was like, "Of course, if I see you, I'm going to say hi, and we'll talk and have a drink there, and then that's it." But after that, she didn't end up going to that party. And then after that, she kept texting me like, um, she was just trying to go back to our old right. ways. And I said, well, if we're going to continue this friendship, I think we need to have like a, a conversation so you understand how I was feeling. And then that was, I think that was just, like, she was just like, well, no, I'd rather just go back to yeah. hanging out and not having to face anything. So, right, yeah. I remember reading, I wish I could remember what book it was. It was like some sort of like, how to have healthy boundaries kind of book. Um, and it was saying that when you're dealing with someone that's not respectful of your boundaries or of healthy boundaries, like a normal nice person will sometimes make themselves even more vulnerable to that person thinking that that'll somehow get them to soften or be human. Yeah. But if anything, it just, it can make it worse. And that popped into my head when you were talking about um, telling her about the the married guy in the book named Alex. Yeah. I'm assuming also that's not his real name. Um, but it's like, here's someone who hadn't been able to handle your, your like hadn't been super kind to you always. And here you were telling her something that was important to you and she couldn't do it. Yeah. It was almost a little, it was like, um, I imagine what it's like for, you know, a kid who's a slightly not abused physically, but like, I don't want to put myself in that, right. you know, or, or try to compare myself to somebody that went through that. But like, it's almost like the, you know, the parent who just didn't give you enough attention and you go home to show them, right. to finally show them something or share something with them and they just write you off and you're like, okay, I can't, yeah. I, I have to quit trying to get your attention in a positive right. way or trying to share this anymore. You know, I, I can totally relate to that though because when people are shitty i'm always like that's not the real them that can't be the real them and i there, there's some human kindness and decency in there some now i'm putting my own shit on this story because no, she wasn't that much right. of a monster but like there's a little I will, bit though <laughs> yeah like i'm always you know i think i i have spent 
too many too too much of my life trying to find that in people who just don't have it. Yeah, and it can be interesting that if you give chance after chance that you go, oh God, this isn't, you know. And we had a couple other friends that she had had big blowouts with. Really? And, and I, for some reason, like the, the person that introduced us actually, they're no longer friends and they stopped being friends for years before this even happened with her and I. And I look back and I go, oh, this isn't, you know, some other people have had to walk away from her too. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely know that I think that she has an addiction problem because I definitely think there was like, um, even though she could be that way sober, it, there was a lot when she would drink that would change. Mm-hmm. And as, again, like calling her at eight in the morning on a Monday and she's <laughs> right. drunk, that seems like a sign. But um, Oh yeah, that's you know, something else you mentioned, which is that you've certainly like had your you're drinking too much nights, but you never became mean. Yeah. And, you know, and I think because that's a, I think especially with her, because I think she would be like, well, whatever, when we were 25, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's not, I don't do that anymore. And also, like, if I have too much to drink, I don't change, my personality doesn't change. Like, I don't become mean to people. I don't hurt people. I just go to sleep. Like, I just go home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I just leave the party early and I go home and go to bed. Like, or maybe I, you know, order Taco Bell or whatever. Like, something. Like, that's as bad as it gets. Like, you're not. Um, so, I think with someone like her, at first I felt a little guilty because I was like, maybe she, like, seriously needs help. But she went through, she tried, she did try to quit drinking for a while and she was still kind of difficult to be around. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer or if, um, it's just something in her personality that is is just she and I just can't, you know, right. quite connect. And she has good friends and good people around her. So I don't know that it just might be something that it, for something in me sets her off where she feels like she has to sort of – she's always like a little cutting to me. And mm-hmm. you just don't realize that until later. You think someone's teasing and then you're like, I don't need you to say shitty things to me. Like we're friends. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, have you been to therapy? I have, yeah. I haven't gone for a while. I went when I – like referring to when I was turning 30. I went then um, when I was like freaking out about turning 30. And then I, and I went for a, f- a few years. I went after that and uh, I haven't gone back for, I guess it's been like f- five years now since I've been to therapy, which is probably, I mean, I think it's good for everyone. You know, you don't even really have to have one specific thing in mm-hmm. mind or something happening. Like, I think it's just a good way to keep things in check. Right. Right. Yeah. Like going to a doctor for a physical or something. Yeah. Sort of Do you go? Um, I, for years and years I did. I'm not currently in therapy, um, but I feel like I should be. Yeah. So. I mean, I think for sure if you're like going for something, I think that you can eventually be like, okay, I've got, I've learned what I need to learn. Right. And, I'm fixed. You know. I'm perfect. Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was in like my ex-boyfriend and I when we were in a relationship and I was going to therapy like I was talking a lot about that because I definitely wasn't happy. But I figured it out. I figured, mm. you know, like through her and then through me, like I figured out like, okay, this is what I'm doing in these relationships and this is why. So then I was like happy to be single for a good amount of time. And um, but I think it could always be good to go to therapy. Like what did you wh- what were you doing in relationships? Um, being, uh, it's funny cause I guess it's similar almost to like Renee, like kind of letting people be, uh, like a little bit of a bully, um, to me or like my ex-boyfriend wasn't ever, he, he didn't like, I don't think he liked me. I don't know why he was so upset when we broke up because he, I, you know, he didn't like my taste in music. If I did open wine by myself, you know, when we were trying to watch like a movie at night, he'd be like, he'd sort of like roll his eyes, but his dad was an alcoholic. He had a lot of issues, but, um, I just realized like, but the main thing was when I got a writing job at Chelsea lately, he, 
wasn't happy for me. And our relationship started to, to, to dismantle then. But he wanted to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I found that I, f- I often found people who kind of wanted to like – Bring you down, a bring me down back. a little bit, yeah, and not in a you know it wasn't like abuse. It was a nice guy, a really great guy. He just, I, I, I was like always sort of happy to try to build other people up, and they weren't doing the same for me. I guess is a mm-hmm. better way to put it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that just reminded me of something that in the book you said Renee said, which is you said you were driving to work, and she made some remark like, "Oh, right, you consider that work?" Yes, like, that's that was, so awful. And I was like, "Yeah, my job. That's so much work, you know." And oh, that stuff frustrated me so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the married guy, so just to bring listeners up to speed on that story, you, you're flirting with someone online mm-hmm. for a while. And then a friend of yours says to you something like, you know, do you think he could be married, right? Like there's no, there was no indication that he was, right? No, there was no indication except he lived, he only lived in Orange County and we hadn't gone out and um, he was trying to get me to meet up with him like when he was traveling. And then my friend was like, well, why wouldn't he try to get you to meet up with him in Orange County where he lives yeah. or here? And then she said, are you sure he's not married? And then... I didn't even think about it because to me, why would anybody be flirtatious if they were married? Why mm-hmm. would they be texting me at night? Where would like, of course people can figure out how to do that. But I didn't, it didn't occur to me that, that someone would do that. I didn't, I didn't know that we were in a position where I had to act like if someone was like asking me out that I had to say, are you married? Like mm-hmm. I just assumed that they fucking weren't, you know, like, and at the time, as I kind of explained in the book, like I was so, I was managing relationships like through texting and stuff as it was because I was always gone. And like I just felt, you know, like performing on the weekends and stuff. And I'm not – this isn't a sympathy thing. Like I love it obviously. But I was just used to like this is how people talk to you. just text. Like you don't see each other. You text. And so it didn't seem any different to me to sort of start a relationship that way either. So I didn't think it was like a red flag or a weird thing that he – but then when he continuously was trying to get me – to meet him in other places. That's when my friend. How, how said, did you guys meet again? Um, through it was like a mutual friend that oh. we had. That he was like basically just said, "Oh, I know your friends with so and so. I'm, you know, and uh, and you would, but he. I guess I should have just asked that friend too. But that friend was like not really around it. Basically, it was just someone he knew that mm-hmm. we knew in common that he was like, "Oh, I know you know this guy. We'll call him Roger. Um, and I know I've known Roger for years and blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh, cool." And then, but Roger and I weren't like really good friends. Right. He was just someone I had kind of met through my life. So he just sort of um thought like, "Oh, one. we have yeah. someone in common." And what's up? You're cute. You know, that kind of thing, basically. Right. And oh, I see you do comedy. And he was like really interested in what I do because he's not in into this at all. So it was kind of cool. I was like, he was like breathing real like new life into what I do. And mm-hmm. and so I just thought that was cool. But I didn't think anything of it. And then when my friend finally was like, that seems weird that he wants you to meet in, you know, I don't know, another state. So then I just put in his name and wife and there you go. He had one. And on then, Google. but then I thought, well, they could be divorced. I don't know. It doesn't say, you know. Um, and then, so I just asked him and he said, yeah, and he was married. And then I, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not talking to that person anymore. Like, what a weird, I guess, like, you know, I guess he could have kept lying. So I'll give him that much credit right. for when asked. But I don't feel like you should have to ask anyone. Like, I no. don't think that should ever, I would never be talking to someone to where they would have to 
think they had to ask me if I was married because they think I'm asking them out or something or flirting with them. I would never disrespect Did my he offer any kind of explanation? No, I think it was just like, well, that's blown. You know, like now she knows. So yeah, he just acted like no big deal. I right. Should, like, I guess she figured it out. So Did- I assume that's how people like that operate, honestly. Like once, see how much you can get away with yeah. and then when you can't get away with it anymore. You know, if I continued to maybe write him or still offered to meet up, then I don't know, maybe he would have, uh, which is too bad for his relationship. But um, but since I didn't, I think he just was like, yeah, okay, well, that's over. Right. Yeah. Were you pissed? I was pissed. Yeah, I was pissed just because, you know, we'd invested some time into talking and getting to what I felt like know each other. And then at the same, I was kind of more pissed at myself for just thinking like, I felt naive, but at the same time, in retrospect, I thought, well, I didn't really do – like, this person started flirting with me. This person was asking me out. Like, I, again, I don't know that – I didn't know that you had to ask if someone was married in that situation. I don't think you should have to. No. Maybe so, it's, good, it's it's smart to, but I don't well, think you, you should have to. Yeah, it seems like they shouldn't be, you know? Right, so, unless um, you're on Ashley Madison or something. Right, and then then you're supposed to be yeah. married, so right. then you're on the right site. Then you have to make sure <laughs> – you have to ask to make sure. Right, exactly, <laughs> I yeah. I want to make sure you're married. I only want to be with a married person, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the exact opposite. So, yeah, I was pissed, but I was also – Kind of pissed at myself for letting myself get into that situation, but I mean, I'm just like, real. I'm just really grateful that we never actually went out in person, and because that would have been that I would I, I would have like guilt, even though I didn't even do would have, wouldn't have known. You know what I mean? I'm right. just glad I figured it out before anything like that happened. Because gross, <laughs> yeah. So something that I thought was really cool was you and Jen Kirkman, who's been a guest on this show, yes. went to Maui. Yes. And the story of you guys going to Maui is in both of your books. I know. It's so funny because I um, I had read hers, obviously. And when I was writing the story, because to me it was so um, important in the kind of stories I'm telling, because it was, you know, you're single. It's really hard to find someone to go on vacation with when you're in your later 30s because most people are married and mm-hmm. their husbands are the ones that they want to go on vacation with, especially this was New Year's Eve um, and my birthday, which is right before and uh, right before New Year's Eve. So I I really wanted to tell the story because it was also so much about, you know, what it was like to try to find out who you're going to go on vacations with and you want to take your adult vacations, but then you don't have anyone to do it with. So I went back and reread the chapter that she wrote just to, I was like, I just don't want to repeat her story exactly, <laughs> right. you know? And I didn't, it was actually, hers was like a shorter, she kind of told the, her main part was that we were, there were kids at the adult kids pool. at the adult pool, which is a huge, <sighs> fuck you. It's like, <laughs> no, we look, you look for a place. Listen, any parents listening, we look for a place with an adult pool so that there will be only adults at the pool. And there's so, and there's a kid's pool four feet over. Mm-hmm. So use that. Okay. <laughs> Keep your kids. We were on vacation. And I feel like a lot of parents are like, well, I'm on vacation too. And I want to relax at the adult pool. But well, then you, you don't get to, unfortunately, unless you don't bring your kids or you have a babysitter with you. Or if you're just fine leaving them on their own, which I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> but um, but anyway, I she her she kind of focused on that part of it, which is a, a really funny story. And she launched into more of what 
psychotic investigators we turned into like we were tweeting the, the <laughs> right. hotel and like we were like sending the security guard over to have the kid i mean we became we probably looked like two crazy old ladies <laughs> but we just thought it was funny it just became like a game to us to see right. if the security guard was ever going to bounce them and so we both kind of told that story and then f- i expanded on for my part of it was more just like you know, people thought we were lesbians and we were, you know, and we were in Maui on New Year's Eve. So I don't really fault people for that. Like in retrospect, mm-hmm. we probably should have picked somewhere less romantic, but, <laughs> but we had a really good time. But yeah, it was really funny. I reread it and I was like, I want to make sure I'm not telling the exact same part of the story that she did. Cause I know some people are obviously going to read both that know us from the show and stuff. I was impressed by your, um, gumption and moxie in getting into the restaurant that you guys wanted to get into on New Year's Eve. I felt really good about myself. We were <laughs> so we had um we didn't have plans on New Year's Eve and we didn't have reservations and obviously again in Maui on New Year's Eve lots of reservations were made and none were available. So we walked over to the, it was the Four Seasons and it looked oh it looked so nice cuz we'd been at this like again pool all day with kids coming in and out of our adult pool and like well, you were running, a, and you were at a super f- family centric yeah it was Disney very fa- kind yes of it was the Grand Walea and they have I mean they have a full water park happening with the kids pool which is another reason I was like why are kids in the adult pool you have a full water park over there but it was very very you know even though they had an adult pool the whole place was very family so the Four Seasons were definitely more like laid back and more couples which Jen and I would fit perfectly into <laughs> this evening. So um, not so realizing we didn't have. Well, then we went. We thought we could have reservations in our in the restaurant at the Walea because we were staying there, and they were like, no. And then there and there were kids everywhere too, and we we're like, this isn't right for us either. So then we went over to the Four Seasons, and of course they said, you know it's full. You don't have a reservation. So I just basically said, well, I made a reservation. <laughs> and they said, you know, they kept looking at the list. And then I just like went into full on. I mean, I'm. it's not right. And I know that it's not right. But at the same time, we were desperate and we needed to have a nice adult dinner. And it was New Year's Eve. So I basically was just like, well, I made a reservation. I don't know whose problem this is, but this is New Year's Eve. Like, <laughs> so, and then they just parted. They opened up, there was like a little red velvet rope and they opened that up and we were in and it was like parting the gates of heaven. We were like, oh my God, we're in <laughs> the four seasons. And I did notice that like, no, we didn't seem to take anyone else's table. Right. So that was good. So I don't Nobody think I, was table. It's so smart. Night. I don't know that I would have thought to do that. I did. I, just, I don't know what, I mean, I'm very proud of myself for that because it just like kicked in and I just started lying and it went great. <laughs> And Jen was just like, I don't know who you are right now, but that was amazing. And- now, let me ask this for in case I ever find myself in this situation in Maui with a female friend who mm-hmm. I'm not sleeping with, but in case someone, but but people will think I am and we need a good place to go to dinner um, or just some other reservation I might want to get right. into. What level on like the bitch meter did you go to? You know what? You can't be too bitchy because I think then they're just going to get bitchy back. Right. And I also didn't want to be a completely bitchy because I was lying. So <laughs> that didn't seem like had I really made a reservation that was lost, there might be a different reaction where you're like, oh, no, where you panic. Right. So I was just like... I basically gave it, it was a, I, I mean, I kind of laid a little bit of a guilt trip. Like it's New Year's Eve. I made the reservation, but I did. I, and I think I said, I'm not so, I'm like, of course I made a reservation. It's New Year's Eve. Like I'm not an idiot. <laughs> like I basically, <laughs> basically called out exactly what I had done as how could I possibly make that mistake? And, um, so you can't be too bitchy because mm-hmm. then you can't really live with yourself afterwards. You have right. to sort of like, 
just there's just like a medium level that you can get to. Okay. So don't overdo it. I won't. No, I don't think. <laughs> or just make a reservation in advance. <laughs> That'd probably be the easiest. I mean, that would be the easiest. But if you forget, don't go into full bitch mode because you never want right. to just like yell at someone because they yeah. clearly didn't actually do anything wrong. You did. So you got to keep that fair. I don't think I, I don't know that I ever I don't think I ha- I'm capable of full bitch mode. The only time I get insistent and impatient is when I'm dealing with like let's say a cable company or something or any sort of customer service situation where it took me many minutes to even get a human on the phone and I feel like they're not helping me and then I feel like the only way I'm going to get help is by being a pain in their ass. Yeah, I get that way in those situations just because you get like, you get almost into tantrum mode. Like I get so frustrated. I can't, I hate waiting. I'm very quick with like, responses and very quick with I just work quickly in general I think so when other people don't I get super frustrated and I have to keep that in check a little bit because you can't expect obviously everyone to work at your speed but yeah if you're on hold for 15 minutes like then you just get into I could you know like I get into like a child mode where I'm just like so frustrated I want to cry well just recently um this has no bearing on this, but I had to get it off my chest because I'm so annoyed. My So my sister's having a baby and I gave her a gift card to Baby's RS for 150 bucks like five months ago. She printed it out, went to use it, and the balance was zero. And she was like, but, you know, I haven't used it. Um, and they said that I had to call. So I called and I talked to someone in customer service who explained that they'll open up a ticket and they'll do an investigation and they'll find out, you know, what store it was used at and what happened and blah, blah, blah. And I'll hear from them in within like three to five or four to six business days or something. And I said, okay. So then a week passes and I felt like it was I, – I knew I was talking to someone who was reading a script in a foreign country, but I still had the – it felt like it was taken care of. Right. So I got a confirmation number. A week passes, nothing. My sister's like, sorry to bug you, but did you get any – you know, find out any info about this? And um, I said, no, let me call again. So I call again, talk to someone in the same department, um, and they promise that I'll hear back in – 48 to 96 hours this time and because by this point they're supposed to like already have a screenshot of what store and like i'm supposed yeah. to know what product the person Shouldn't bought that doesn't everything yeah. um and again nothing happens like another six days passes with nothing and so at this point i'm like the kid's gonna be 12 by the time i find out anything. right <laughs> so i call um i talk to someone else in in now i'm talking to a different department because now I'm escalating, I'm talking to a different department, and they promise someone will get back to me. And someone actually does get back to me, like maybe not in the allotted time, but she was like, Yeah, it got kicked up to us. Turns out that the investigation had never even been looked into. Like it had just, if I hadn't escalated, it would have just sat there in the compu- their computer going nowhere. Um, oh, and no. she didn't know why, but. And by the way, this whole thing they told me about, like, oh, you'll know exactly what store and what was bought, like that, the only information I got was it was an unauthorized use. And um, they, and at that point, I was so annoyed that I, I just wanted to be refunded so I could just give my sister the money and not have to give, you know, not the money to back them. to the store. Yeah. But what they did was they they reissued the gift card, but for the wrong amount. But on their own, they realized it, they gave us less they give her less than what I had paid. And then they reissued the rest of it. So she got two gift cards. She like got two gift cards to Baby's RS for 150 ultimately. 
But by that point, I was so annoyed. Yeah. And that because it had taken so much time to get it cleared up. And I did something which I don't normally do, but I see other people do, which is I sent a shitty tweet to them and there was no response to that. I'm like, I feel like other people get all sorts of results from their shitty tweets. Yeah. Maybe it's because I just went straight to Babies RS and I didn't make it like, hey, Babies RS, you suck. Yeah. Like, only like, they saw it. That is Bastards. frustrating though. What make me what what fear infuriates me about that kind of stuff is like when someone just like first of all like oh we'll have a, we'll know what store it came from we'll yeah. know that and then but then like and they're literally just like completely full of shit and then yes. they just like put the thing in a computer and then like went to lunch like right. never none of it was ever coming true yeah like that, why would you even say that and then right, and, the whole, and then wasted. everyone else at the company is like wait that's not even we don't even do that we yeah. just let you know that it was an unauthorized use yeah and yeah the finally the uh, the woman where, when it was effective at the end was like I don't know why no one's looked into this yet i don't know why they haven't opened this ticket or whatever their terminology for it is but then uh. they can uh, suck all the dicks okay so <laughs> john we talked about john stamos on the last episode because he briefly followed you and then unfollowed you is yeah. he following you yet no oh, john stamos why why break our hearts i don't know i'm still like i would like to know why why he unfollowed me right i don't know what i did i mean I'm very harmless on Twitter unless you're sometimes an airline gets angry tweets. But other than that, I try the angry tweets thing too. I was going to say, has that worked it for does, you? No, it seems you like sh- airlines get are on the receiving end of the, the brunt of them. I know they get a lot of them. And then I realized that. And then I realized like, apparently I get angry every time I fly. So it's not really doing me service anymore. No, it was actually more just around the holidays because that's not true. Because I will say I've been flying a lot more Delta and I'm quite happy. I'm happy. Go Delta. They I've- seem to be really bringing it home. So... But I have sent them angry tweets in the past, <laughs> but usually for like a really valid reason, like something crazy, you know, right. um, like US Air, I was on, that was the one I tried to get a result. They were, I don't know what result I wanted. I just wanted the world. Just acknowledgement. I just wanted yeah. the world. Yeah. I wanted like, <laughs> Delta has actually in the past, like they've been like, is there something we can do? Or, you know, please let us know the mm-hmm. flight. We'll look into it. But this was, I was at a, US Air. They apparently, and I guess they're known for this because a lot of people responded. They didn't, but everyone else was like this. They oversell the flight. And then they stand the the person at the at the podium before they board goes like offers you know right a, a voucher for someone and if no one takes it this like literally she's so angrily she they offered two vouchers no one got up and then she so angrily was like we're not taking off until someone gives up their seat so I mean Jeez. I guess we'll just sit here all night and I was like oh so we we're all trying to get we paid to be on this flight like we're all i was yeah. going to work i was like i can't get on another flight like what it was the weirdest thing so then i was angry but then anyway they didn't care about my angry tweet so babies are us in us there they don't care no about the angry tweets they just I, ignore them i will not spend my money there except for the 150 that my sister will be spending there <laughs> or us air i mean at least you eventually got it resolved i guess but that's super annoying and it would have been nice to just get the money so that they don't I right, you're saying. You I don't feel like at the least the they should have given her an extra extra gift card or something to make up for yeah, the insane. to Target <laughs> to yeah. somewhere else. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. What should? We- oh, I know what we should do. We should uh, answer the questions that came. A few of the questions that came in on Twitter, and we have a little song that we like to play when we do that. It's the topic, topic sombrero. We asked for topics and you sent them in. It's the topic, topic sombrero. Now pick a topic and let's begin. It's the 
like this song a lot. Thank you. The, the genesis of this. The genesis of this is that we used to put topics in an actual sombrero and we'd pull them out and be like, you know, and and answer the question or whatever it was yeah. that came in. But then now we've gone digital, but I still anytime we take stuff like this. Are from people the good audience, about about respond about say, like sending in questions or is they it just are. very well, we don't we I don't put out tweets saying like what topics do you want to hear on the show anymore. Right. So we don't actually do do that particular one. Um people send in a lot of just me or everyone's, which is a segment we'll do next. But when I ask for questions for the guest Sometimes they send in a lot. Sometimes they don't. I think like today I didn't give them enough lead time. So mm-hmm. we didn't get a lot. But that's okay because we don't have that much time anyway. Yes. All right. Okay. Well, this one, I didn't know what to make of this. Ocular Nervosa says, is it true Sarah Colonna turned down the part of Michelle in the Fuller House reboot? <laughs> and I thought it was funny considering that we just talked about John Stamos. I, that is funny. Um, no, that is, uh, I think that he's, I think they're joking. Um, but I like that. And I wish that was true. I hey. wish it was really true. Hansy Copperfield says, and I like that. I love that Hansy. That's Hansy. Yeah. I like is Hansy. it Hansy from Howard Stern? I think that's Hansy. Oh, no. I think this is someone else. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, no. That's just, just bit. Oh, his is Bitter Bean. Yeah, never mind. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I don't know why I know. I know a lot of people's <laughs> Twitter handles, but Hansy did like sometimes he and I tweet. But anyway, he, okay. his, that is not his Twitter handle. Gotcha. I just um, heard the word Hansy and got like, oh. But this Hansy Copperfield <laughs> is a big fan of the show. So I like this Hansy. And Hansy, we like you. I didn't yeah. mean to. I didn't mean to. Make you feel like an inferior like Hansy. Like you weren't the right Hansy. <laughs> yeah. I, for one, am really missing my dose of OTR with Sarah and Josh. What have you been up to since being on hiatus? Nice. Well, jo- So Josh and I do uh, Josh OTR, Wolf, which right? is off the rule rails yeah josh wolf um who's a comedian so he has a show coming out on um cmt next week a talk show so we were it just got to where he was what is cmt um it's country music television oh cool yeah which i like the country music but um and uh but he's doing yeah i think this is their first talk show so it's pretty cool and um so anyway he's been a little too They've been Baby. just work. Yeah, they just we were doing it six o'clock on Mondays, and it was just like he's in Culver City, basically. Doing it. So we, I just said, let's take a break for the summer anyway, and then we'll just resume in July. So I've just been doing a bunch of stand up and traveling and running around like an asshole. Do you miss doing the podcast? I do actually, yeah, a lot. So I think we'll hopefully we can be back to it in two weeks. So that'll be good. Holly Noel says. Do people ever mispronounce her middle name? That's my middle name and no one ever gets it right. Oh my God. Not only do they, yes, because her middle name is Noel. Um, my, when I was baptized, the priest, uh, or is it a priest when they're a Baptist? I don't know. I don't know why I looked at you like you had to have the answer. Um, you but <laughs> but just, I just called you Josh. That was so weird. I meant Jeff. Sorry about that. Oh, because we just said Josh. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, the priest, whenever I was baptized as a kid, he said, Sarah Knoll. <laughs> and I was like, you, this is the name straight out of the Bible, right? This is the, right? Isn't it? I think it is. Anyway, or it's a I Christmas, whatever. Sure, yeah. Somewhere around there. It's a Christmas. It's a religious, I think, name. That's mm-hmm. why my mom gave it to me because I was born around Christmas. So anyway, yeah. So a lot of people do, even people that should know it. Right. How do you spell it? I feel you, Holly. Uh, N-O-E-L. Okay. Like the first Noel. I mean, right? That's right. You should know that. Noel. I think so. Noel. Sarah Noel. Yeah. I mean, we were in the South. We were in Arkansas. So maybe it was just his accent. Looking back, <laughs> he might have just said it that way, but he right. meant to say it right. Nate P says, 
Los Angeles Angels, California Angels, Anaheim Angels, or the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? What's her favorite? California Angels was my favorite. That was their, that was what I grew up watching them. That's what they were called and that's what they should have stayed. It's a sports question, Allison. It's not, it's I know. Not your, it's not your thing. It's not, it <laughs> You're like, not I don't even thing. know what this means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Johnny Primo says, tell her thanks for the Christmas gift advice from my threesome roommates. Yes, one got a job. Hashtag trampoline. Does that mean anything to you? Trampoline. Ah, I don't. I know. I remember this question, but I can't remember what my advice was. But apparently, it was good. So good for me. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Alyssa says, notice that in all commercials involving razors and leg shaving, the women's legs are already extremely smooth, hairless. You know, I never noticed that, but I think you're totally right. She's right. Yeah. Yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah. Now that you say it completely. Yeah. They should be hairy. Why aren't they hairy? But what BS? I'm going to start a new commercial where it's just like a beastie hairy (laughs) leg. It's like an animal. Yeah. Noah blowing less. Which, by the way, only recently did I realize, because I think someone pointed out. I always looked at this, and I was like, Noah, blowing less. What does that mean? It's uh, Noah blowing less. Oh. Clever, <laughs> clever thing like that. Um, all right. In movies or TV with Jeopardy in the background, have to pause so I can solve it. Example, in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the question is, wag the dog. Just me or everyone. Um, no, I don't do that. But occasionally with actual Jeopardy, I will do that. Yeah, because you need time and you don't yeah, want to know the answer. Exactly. Yeah, I've done it with actual Jeopardy. But, but that's like, a, right. that, yeah, that's very focused. I know. Christine Sizemore says, just me or everyone, hate winter for a multitude of reasons, but mostly because of static. Clingy clothes plus flyaway hair equal great look. And then there's an emoji which, which suggests she doesn't really think it's a great look. <laughs> um, I don't like static. I'll give you that. But I prefer winter. It's my preferred season. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I Are prefer you a summer the summer. Person? Yeah. I don't like the winter at all. That's why, like, you don't even get really winter here. So how do you fulfill your winter needs? Well. <laughs> your winter bone. I know. I um, I dress as if it's winter for as long as I can, uh, even if even if I just develop a little mustache of sweat on my upper <laughs> lip because I'm wearing a coat. I, well, I was in New York for many years. Yeah. So I got a lot of winter there. Right. Um, but you don't. Yeah. No, I wish, I do wish there were real seasons here. You do. Then again, I, in New York, the summers are horrible sometimes. And. Well, it's so humid. And then, yeah. yeah you just, there's just like no, I right. mean, that's, you know, I love New York, but definitely there's no relief because all the built, there's just no air coming in at you. But um, I don't like, yeah, I'm just not a cold person. I'm just not a fan. But do you, or, clothes more staticky in the winter oh because of sweaters i guess i i guess it's i don't know I what does that mean when i say because of sweaters people, people wear, wear a lot of sweaters, sweaters but um places it's drier it's drier places where there's a lot of snow uh the the, the humidity levels way down in the winter okay so. one of my friends he has a his son is hysterical he's like i think he's four now and he, you know, like when you get static, you accidentally like shock someone. Mm-hmm. He shocked someone, I guess, at the park, not knowing. And he looked at his dad and he was like, Dad, I have stinging powers. And like, <laughs> he didn't know what it meant, like the static. So he thinks he can sting people. Oh. Yeah, I love it. It's cute. <laughs> no, it's so cute. James Leroy Wilson says, baffled why KFC knows how to make their chicken crispy, but not their French fries. 
it's been so long since I've had any KFC. I was, I mean, I think it was still called Kentucky Fried Chicken back when I had any, and I hadn't noticed that about their French fries. Because do they have potato wedges instead of French fries? Is oh, that what do I they? recall? I don't know. Maybe Jeff, do you don't. know? The I don't know what officially what they have anymore, but um, the last like, time I had them, they were potato wedges. Yeah, because really? I feel I like know, they have like they the big are. wedges instead of, and I haven't been there are in those, years either, yeah. but now I want KFC, which is weird. I hadn't but been I there in a long time, and then I had it, and it was awesome. Was it? Yeah, it was really great. Do you go like full, like like a bucket of chicken, or do you just get like a sandwich? Well, I got a, bu- a bucket of chicken, but it wasn't just for me at the time. I do. Well, no, say, no, but, I assumed you were sharing. But yeah, no, I went the whole <laughs> chicken, mashed potatoes, and then we got the potato wedges too. I remember really liking their gravy as yeah, a kid. It's good. Their gravy is really good. Yeah. When you say potato wedges, do you mean those fries that are like they have some they have the skin on? Yes. Yeah. And, okay. Like and you was- can get them like at Ralph's or Gelson's at the deli or so i've right. heard no, you can you can definitely get a bag of them there are is that different your than car. steak fries steak fries are just the thick french fries right yeah the potato wedges for a thick fry yeah the potato wedges they're they're more kind of triangular in shape but right. steak fries are square mm-hmm. it all sounds very dry i feel like i like i can just imagine having a it mouthful is. of dry potato yeah, yeah but i like it that's what the gravy's for Okay. <laughs> Extra gravy, please. Johnny Primo says, after losing the same items repeatedly, I frequently surprise myself when finding something in a new hiding place. It's a lot to take in in that one. After losing the same items repeatedly, I frequently surprise myself when finding something in a new hiding place. I do that. I put things somewhere in my mind where I'm like, I'll I'll remember oh. it's there. I think that's what he means. Mm-hmm. And then I can't. And then I did it so well that I can't recall where it is and then right. when I find it I'm like oh that was so smart that I put that there I'm trying to think if I ever put stuff in a hiding place that would suggest I have some kind of system to the clutter and I don't <laughs> I even, yeah, that's how like you people think you're disorganized for losing stuff but at least you attempted some kind of system this might be a guy thing but I had a similar thing happen recently where you know the little red ne- needle spray thing that comes like with a can of WD-40 or whatever yeah Every can of kind of car cleaner, engine cleaner, or WD-40 that I have, it comes with one of those at some point. So if you have 10 cans, you wind up with only two of those eventually. You just lose them. Right. But there's never a Trevor treasure trove of them found somewhere. You don't find them all under the sofa. They just disappear. They, disappear. they have to be somewhere. You know, and if they of- if they sold those by the 10-pack at AutoZone, I would buy them every time I was there just because you want to have them. Speaking of WD-40, mm-hmm. my memory growing up is that there was always that little, it looks like a cocktail stir, right? right? That's, that's what I'm talking, talking about. about. Yeah. Taped to the side of the can. Mm-hmm. But then recently we bought WD-40 and it was like attached to the nozzle. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it had a fold there. down thing. Oh, see? I think that they've, yeah. They're I think solving now, the problem. Right. I like that. They, right. heard your, they heard your cries and they're fixing it for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Chicken says <laughs> at the airport or restaurant i don't mind background tv noise but hate it when i can hear someone's phone or tablet yes yes i have explained this before in the waiting room of so my husband and i are trying to get pregnant which involves bringing in doctors and spending a ton of money because apparently right. i can't do it myself um but that's okay because i don't think any women in la can do it themselves because no. i see tons of people at this fertility clinic um Women who are trying to get pregnant don't know how to turn off their phones. Everyone there has their phone at full blast. And I can just hear every sound of every text coming in. I'm like, there's a way to turn that off. It's so rude. Why don't you turn that it off? It drives me insane. Yeah. That and honestly, on an airplane, like when you first sit down, 
and you know people are i i like having people, people s- are having tons of phone calls and they're having a loud conversation like i never want anyone to hear my conversation no. i'm not talking about anything secret obviously but like it's just weird for me to have a one-sided conversation and let the whole room hear it yes. so it drives me i mean i'm definitely guilty of like the over the shoulder dirty look to the person on the phone <laughs> like waiting for them to catch on but they don't ever notice and they just keep talking loudly but so and and then the volume yes if i can hear you're like ding ding on your text i'll drive me crazy yeah the last time that i flew true story on the shuttle there was a woman and she was the only person talking the only person talking on her phone and she was talking to someone about somebody about to have a baby and saying what where's her cervix at what's the house how dilated is her cervix huh <laughs> oh her cervix is two centimeters oh my God. and people were just horrified and she just was oblivious just kept talking oh, about this her, so somebody's cervix her poor friend and her cervix <laughs> Speaking of drinking, which you were earlier, I don't drink anymore, but uh, I have this memory of being at South by Southwest and being so drunk, like the kind of drunk where you can't see straight, which actually for me would always like my vision was one of the first things to go. My vision and my ability to speak like uh, someone who isn't slurring. I was not one of those people who could hold my alcohol well like i would have a drink and and you could tell that i was uh affected already but anyway but this was like i was very very drunk and i was on the phone with my friend and i was in we were it was the kind of bar where everyone was outside on the patio but there was a restaurant inside that was closed so like i was inside the restaurant because i'd gone somewhere quiet and all the chairs were up on the tables and i was talking to my friend and she was at another show and it was really, really loud where she was. And I, but it was quiet where I was, but I was yelling. Right. And I was thinking, in retrospect, why was I yelling? It was extremely loud where she was, but she could hear me fine. Right. And I couldn't hear her, but I was like screaming into the phone <laughs> because I couldn't hear her. Right. Because you just hear noise. So you yes. just assume you need to talk louder. That's really funny. I feel funny. so bad for all the people that were there. I actually <laughs> just feel bad for myself because I was, ma- I was making such a fool of myself probably. It wasn't but about a cervix bad. though, right? No, it no, wasn't. That's it fine. wasn't. Then it's fine. Ashley Kirk says, just me or everyone, when I walk away from my bag, I always make sure to pocket my phone. Hashtag paranoia. Just me or everyone. Yeah, I do that. If I'm leaving, like if I'm leaving my bag somewhere, I usually take my phone with me. But yeah. that's usually because I'm going to the bathroom and I want to be able to check my phone in there. Yeah, I think I usually do too. Although I do also leave my bag, like my fiance makes fun of me because I just leave like my purse. Like I just leave the zipper open all the mm-hmm. time. And like apparently like my money, like whatever's just on top and I don't. I don't. Yes. I, mean, I need to learn to probably not just to like zip up your purse, like get your shit together. I do that too, and I'll look down and it'll be like a tampon sitting right on top. Yeah, this is like all your business. People don't <laughs> need to see it. Yeah. Kristen W says, "No matter how much weight I gain or lose, I am always somehow between sizes." Isn't that all humans? Yeah, or at least uh, at least mm-hmm. girls. I don't know if guys do. Guys go through that as much. Do you feel like you're solidly a certain size? What's a size? <laughs> Exactly. Men don't worry about that the way we do. They're just like, oh, these are my jeans. As long as I have either notches on my belt or room to punch new notches in my belt, I'm fine. (laughs) And you guys also don't like blow up like one week out of the month and find your jeans to be tighter like we do. Right. Definitely not. Yeah. Do you have any fluctuation? Yeah. 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 Like, um, I mean, earlier this year, I was just working so much as wasn't getting any exercise and I puffed up a little bit. <laughs> but, but I'm lucky in that it, all of my extra um, 
extra specialness. Yeah, it's above the waist, and it's all kind of like what I would call a a, a sweater of fat. So <laughs> it's all very well concealed. Nice or easily concealed. Right. Mine's right in the well. It's like the butt, thighs, and waistband. So actually, I came up with a little. That I'm revealing too much, but whatever. I came up with a little song the other day that I was singing, which is my underwear is tight and I want to kill myself. <laughs> my underwear feels tight and I want to kill myself. And I just kept going on and on to myself in my head singing this song. So I was like, it's a special kind of <laughs> wanting to walk into traffic when your underwear is tight. Uh, underwear tight is a is a weird feeling right. for sure. Mine's always like my be- my belly. So then it's but that pants being tight like isn't a great feeling. No, either. it's a horrible feeling. Trying to button them up. So yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, one more, just me or everyone. Jmo, and this one is from Jmo's and Bobo's. Daylight savings time can go fuck itself. I should actually make it clear. She said daylight saving time. I added the S because I'm one of those people who calls it daylight savings time, even though people correct me. I'm sorry. Daylight saving time can go fuck itself. Always a landmine, even though it happens twice every year. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. I don't like I it. Won't. Why does Arizona not have to do it? Right. Why don't they? Like, I don't why know. Why do we have to do it and they don't have to? Yeah. So because it's possible, so it means it's possible not to be done. Right. There's an example. And it's of, working. Yes. And is it really just saving time, not savings time? I think it's <laughs> saving time. Daylight saving time. I think you're right. But I think everyone says, says daylight time. savings. Yeah. I don't know why. It's weird. There are certain incorrect things that really jump out at me, but daylight savings time is not one of them. It no. sounds right. Yeah. It sounds right to me as well. According to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, <laughs> it's daylight saving time. Right. Not yeah. savings. Hmm. All right. Because the savings don't belong to the time. Right. But it anyway, wouldn't make any sense for yeah. it to be day- saving. You're saving daylight. So that makes perfect sense. And for, uh, for 40 years, well, I don't, I don't think I was talking all 40 years, right. but for however many years I've been talking, I've been saying it wrong. So I apologize. You know, I bet there are people crazy people out there lunatics really who are like awesome daylight saving or savings time right because they like to get up early um although actually you save that hour in the end of the day or no you get more daylight you get more daylight at the end so they're probably bummed actually because they want to get up early and they want it to be light i guess what i'm saying is it takes all kinds. There are people who enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, we get longer, like, sunlight during the summer, right? That's how yeah, it works, right? right. It's an extra but, hour for farming or something like that. Yeah. But who's doing that anymore? No one. <laughs> no one. No. Except for farmers. See, as someone who enjoys- they'll be fine without- Right. Someone who likes winter, I like when, like, oh, it's 5 p.m. It's dark. I don't know why I like that. I think because it means winter is coming. Just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, that drives me nuts. I uh, Yeah, it drives me. I like the longer daylight, so I would like to always be on the spring forward. So let's just keep it that and we don't need to fall back or whatever. But but do you like it when it doesn't get dark till 8 p.m.? Um, well, kind of. Well, it's, it's weird. 8 p.m. is a little late. But I noticed actually John, because he's in Seattle, so he went with my fiance. He texted me once at like 9 o'clock and he was outside and he was texting me a photo of something and I was like, it's still light there. Like, I forget because they're practically you know, Iceland. Yeah. So they get, they have like their daylight is so much longer than ours that I didn't even, I never even, it never occurred to me. I forgot because I don't live there. So yeah. when I go there and it's like nine o'clock at night and it's sun's just it's going away, it's pretty, it's kind of a weird thing. Right. Yeah. What time do you get up? Um, I'm usually like a, like an eight o'clock person, you know, sometimes earlier. 
I can't sleep too late. I wish I could. Sometimes I need it, but mm-hmm. and every once in a while I can. But I'm not great at it. So if I sleep in too late, that's probably a sign that I'm depressed and nothing's going on well in my life because that's a like, oh, there's no reason to get up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to sleep through my life right now. I know, but really some like if you don't have to be somewhere until say ten or for me, whatever it is, like why you know, it's not a big deal to right. to have a little but I have to I can't do it. Like in my brain it means I'm a loser. If I'm sleeping too late in my mm-hmm. brain, because in my brain, I'm like, well, people have to be at work by now. I can't, I can't believe I'm allowed to sleep till eight. You know, like I get yeah. weird in my brain. What time so. do you go to bed? That's the other problem is I go to bed kind of late too. Like usually, I mean, like 12, sometimes later. Cause I can't, I think I bartended for so many years that my, I feel like I'm supposed to be up late and then I don't, I don't know. I don't know if my clock, I don't know why it can't be reset. It's been 10 years since I've had to do that. But I just, my, I, for so many years, I was up like working till 2 a.m. And then right. I would I, like come home and I still wouldn't be able to sleep because I would be having to like unwind from work. So I, I'm just like a later person too. But I've been trying recently because I'm like, I am getting older and I need, I need to get, if I'm not going to sleep in, then I should at least get to bed earlier. Is it working? Because that's my thing. I I just don't get – I just stay up late. I don't yeah. get tired. And if I – it's been a long time since this has happened, but I remember discovering years ago, if I make it till 4 a.m., like I won't get tired. It's like my body's like, oh, we're up. I mean, I'll get tired the next day. Right. But there's a window where if I don't make myself go to sleep and it's, you know, in the 2 to like maybe 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. zone – I'll get another wind. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I get another wind then, but I, that's kind of interesting though. You it's should weird. like bottle that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's, it is hard though. It's weird to be someone who can't like sleep in or go to bed early. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, I don't know. I'm trying to be like, at least go to bed bef- like at 12 at the latest. Don't even go past 12. And I would like to maybe could start, maybe I'll start shooting for 11. See what happens. Get crazy. I would, yeah. I, I, I don't know why I can't do it. I would like to be one of those people who's like, it's 11, I'm getting into bed, as opposed to like, it's 11, I'm eating dinner now. Yeah. Trying to shift all these things. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Maybe we should start like a sleep club. (laughs) Like a book club, (laughs) and we just talk about what time we went to bed. It'd be so like, we can talk about our dreams. Yeah. Dream club. Hmm. So Sarah Colonna, what have we missed? What else? Um... Nothing. I don't think. I feel like we've covered it. Right? I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now, are you doing a book tour? Yeah. I've been on tour um, and I'm doing, well, the, uh, I'll be in Hollywood tomorrow night, June 6th, but at the improv. But um, By the time they hear this, yeah, this they will know that that went amazing. That went, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that would be gone. Uh, that would be gone away for people. But I'll be um, in North Carolina the weekend of June Next weekend, June eleventh. That weekend, twelve, thirteen. I Will think that when be this air, I think it might. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. SarahColona.com is I where the dates are. I think this is going to air when I June said it. I'm like, that doesn't probably. seem to make any sense. That it wouldn't be tomorrow. Obviously. So, um, yeah, yeah All so, my tour dates would be on SarahColona.com. Okay. All right. So that's an easier Perfect. way for people to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what else? Anything else? No, just working. I'm trying to work on an idea for this show, uh, for my book to be a show. I did that with my first one. Um, it didn't make it on the air, obviously, but I sold one. So I'm hoping to sell another one that gets on the air. So writing that and then trying to figure out. Are you else. doing it? Um, 
because of your experience last time, are you, do you feel like you learned something about that and now you're trying to do it differently? And by the way, your, I, cause you had sold it twice, right? Yeah. Your ideas were so good for the show. When I, when I was listening to it, to you tell your ideas for the show last time, I was like, oh, I wish I had seen that on air. Yeah. I felt like they were good. And I don't know if there's, I mean, I think my first, the very first time, wasn't as clear and good as the second time. Like I think the second time we had like a really good script and a really good idea. I think the first time the script probably wasn't as good as it could have been because it was my first time to do it. And I didn't know when, you know, you're working with someone else and then there's the network and then there's a studio and everyone's giving you notes and it's very overwhelming. You don't know which person to listen to. Right. So I learned a little bit about that process for sure. And into the second one, which one is the one you're supposed to listen to? I I mean, I feel, well, I think the network, because ultimately they're the ones that are going to make yeah. the decision. Um, but also, I think if you have a really good reason for something, you can talk to them. And I think I would just like panic and do whatever everyone said, you know. But at the same time, I think regardless, you can also do everything everyone says and it still may not get on just because they may decide like we have this instead, you know, mm-hmm. like you never know, obviously, what goes into it. And there's no way for me to know. So I'm just hoping to just come up with another a good idea that is different, but um, I feel like you know I don't I don't think I'm gonna reinvent the wheel. But I I love the show Veep. I love that tone. Yeah, I, obviously it would be a different subject, but something in that tone. I just want to do something that I really want to do, and maybe gear it towards like cable because I know that there I could make it that tone. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think you just have to sort of stick to what you want to do, and then hope because honestly, doing what everyone else says doesn't work either. I don't think everything changes. Like it's so cyclical. They may buy something in December and then in January they're like actually we don't want to have this kind of show now or we have four of them right and yours isn't going to be one you know I don't know they, yeah it is no yeah I think if anyone actually knew knew how to crack uh, or, or knew what the what the secret was then everyone would be out doing it. exactly it just seems yeah very sort of capricious yeah for sure well, Sarah Colonna, thank you so much for being on my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Delightful listeners. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are, because they have everything, uh, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you so much for all of your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. There's PayPal links on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this. Get this on your iPhone in the iTunes store by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself. Um, soon to be available, possibly by the time you hear this, available on all platforms. And we have two special bonus episodes available, recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. Next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and the former Thursday Gang. And those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store, also soon to be available on all platforms. Um, follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Get the show's Twitter feed, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F on Twitter. What I meant to say is at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Um, sorry, my brain is melting. And email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. And make sure to go out and get Sarah Colonna's book, Has Anyone Seen My Pants? Um, that is available on Amazon, yeah. I'm sure. Click, click through the click banner. Through. And also, while you're there, if you haven't gotten her other book, get that. And that is Life As I Blow It. And Jeff Fox, where should we go for you? You can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on all your social medias or visit my website, barracudaradio.com. All right. And you are on Twitter at Sarah Colonna. At Sarah Colonna, yes. Okay. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Listeners, I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but 
Rosie is your new best friend.